that's the way I kind of see it as like two parts. It's like the head and the heart. So you've got the head, which might be like the skills, experience, the stuff you can really bring, you know, in terms of, you know, really pushing the, the project forward. But the heart comes down to understanding our values, understanding our vision and our mission and really wanting to be part of that. And, you know, because it's, it's a big, big vision. Like we've all got to kind of, you know, do it together in the same boat, really. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a fire truck driver. I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? I'm Blake Fletcher, and this is the Half Hour Intern Podcast, where we explore the interesting paths that people take in life. Before I get into today's episode, I just wanted to tell you quickly about the Half Hour Intern Contest that we have going on right now. So in order to enter the contest, all you have to do is leave a review for Half Hour Intern on iTunes. That is it. Before Wednesday, September 21st. On Wednesday, September 21st, I will be... um, raffling away three different camping related like outdoor recreation related prizes to three of the people that left reviews on itunes and then i will actually be choosing a fourth review that is kind of the most creative or the most fun review and i'll be giving a half hour intern t-shirt to that person so we have four prizes i'll be announcing the winners on the episode on thursday september 22nd and again all you have to do is just leave a review on itunes in order to enter we just started the contest last week and already five of you have left five amazing reviews for me and i appreciate it so so much. And uh, yeah, so since there are five of you that have done it so far, there's a really good chance that that one of you is going to win one of these things. And so if you have not left a review yet and you would like to enter the contest, there are there's a really good chance of winning something as everything sits right now. So all you got to do is leave a review on iTunes and uh, you might get something out of it and it would mean the world to me. So thank you so much for that. On to today's episode. So in today's episode, I interview Tom Freeman, who is the culture manager at Headspace. So for those of you that don't know what Headspace is, it is a meditation app. So it is an app that has a lot of guided meditations and a lot of instruction through meditation um, and designed to help people meditate. And I absolutely love it. And I really like apps like that um, or any sort of guided meditation, I guess, really in general, um, as opposed to just trying to sit there quietly by yourself. It's really nice to have a nice calming voice. Um, and the, the guy at Headspace is very calming and very soothing and just really helps you check in throughout the entire time that you're there um, in your meditation. So um, we uh, we will talk about meditation during the episode. We will talk about being a culture manager and uh, how it's not just some like, <laughs> kind of like new wavy sounding job, but it's this job that like really a lot of companies should be having and that makes so much sense for a company to have and what it's like trying to, um, to influence the culture at a company and how you do that and how are you able to do that as a company grows and are you able to do that as a company grows? And uh, yeah, we'll talk about a lot of just interesting stuff around culture, around meditation um, and all kinds of other good stuff. So without further ado, here is Culture Manager. Tom, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. This is great. Cheers. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I guess, first of all, when we're trying to talk about like the work that you're doing in establishing culture for a workspace, how do you yeah. even think about culture in the workspace? And how do you define culture in the workspace? I think we all kind of know what culture means in terms of like society or a country or something like that. What exactly yeah. constitutes culture in a workspace? Yeah, it's a good question. So to me, I kind of like see culture as the the way things are done in a in a business. It's like the values and the behaviors, and ultimately like the psychology of a of a company. 
I think it's quite now it's quite easy to think of like culture in terms of like the startup world and stuff like that. And lots of people might think of the ping pong tables and the the snacks and you know, <laughs> yeah, for sure, bean bags and the Silicon Valley type of stuff, which is great. It's a really important part of like getting great talent in the door and building a great kind of place to work and stuff. But to me, culture is around like the undercurrents really and the behaviors and like what's kind of holding people back from you know really enjoying their work, you know, getting the most out of their work, being productive. Um, and yeah, that kind of stuff. So to me, it goes a bit deeper. It's really around the psychology um, of a place to work. Um, yeah. So something I've been struggling with so much lately is the concept philosophically of influencing culture and influencing behavior. Um, and I had a discussion um, in an interview about this that, that just came out recently on a, an episode about foreign aid. And... Yeah. I was talking about how when I went to Japan, um, it's like the cleanest place ever and nobody litters. And and it's not that nobody litters because they legislated that in. It's not because they have really harsh penalties against littering that nobody litters. It's because yeah. somehow deep down, it, that's just so embedded within their culture that you need to be an uh, the most respectable person you can possibly be. And there's a level of yeah. pride and there's a level of shame that would be associated if somebody saw you throw something on the ground. And yep. I was trying to think like, I wonder if America could get to that point. You know, yeah. it's like you're, you're there in Santa Monica. I live there before I live here in San Francisco. Now those are two very clean cities by the USA standards, but there's still nothing like when you go to Japan and yeah. I just, I, I, I was trying to think, like, I wonder if we could do that. And then I was like, I don't know. Like, how, it, I, I, like clearly legislating it isn't working because we do have plenty of penalties for those sorts of things. And I've, yeah. I've just really been struggling with the idea of influencing a culture and influencing behavior. So it's really yeah. timely that you're on the show right now. So um, <laughs> I guess what, what, what types of things do you do to try to influence the culture? Yeah. So it's a really good question. So I think two main things in terms of like behavior change and the way things are done, like for me, there's two parts to it. Like one is about values. So kind of early on setting up those values in terms of how things, you know, should be done or, or can be done to really kind of reach the aim and the, the end products the way you want it to be. And the same as well. And the, the second option really is about, um, you know, who is leading that change. So where does it come from? And I think organizations are really kind of interesting in that way. I mean, the whole kind of thing around company values is a huge, huge, huge area. And there's a, you know, a bit of a cliche that, you know, company values might just be put on a wall somewhere and no one really looks at them. No one really understands them. No one really lives by them. Um, right. Like, that's so true. <laughs> but like, and like there are loads of probably great examples in corporate history of, you know, maybe big corporations doing that and them not living them at all um which is like a massive shame but my job as culture manager i think the top line of my job is to kind of work with our team here to kind of bring our company values to life internally to make sure that they're understood to make sure that we kind of hire for them and that kind of stuff um and yeah without kind of you know seeming forceful about it but like making sure that that's in the the psyche of the of the company really so to me it's about values and really setting those kind of on uh, clearly early on um and then making sure you know the leaders are kind of behind that so yeah i think that, that to me that's the most important part to that to really encouraging behaviors you want to see in an organization okay so i definitely want to dig into that more later and like pull pull that apart a little bit but yeah. before we get there you just mentioned 
um, hiring and like bringing people on and stuff like that. So I would have to, to, I guess, to the Japan example and the people that are yeah. there, those are the people that are in Japan. Again, it's not the government making them good people. Each one of those people is choosing to be a good person and it's within themselves that they are being a good person. So yeah. with that analogy to business, it's like, isn't hiring hiring i feel like has got to be the number one primary important thing like so above anything else in terms of making a good workspace culture um yeah. first of all i guess it just would you agree with that and, and what what is your thought about hiring yeah definitely no it's really really important like, especially as you grow a business like headspace and cyclo growing growing really really quickly right now and yeah, to make sure that everyone kind of comes on board that is aligned with our, our vision and our mission of the business. Um, I mean, our vision is to improve the health and happiness of the world, and that's a big, big vision. And to have that, to kind of keep that in our hiring process is really important. Um, but yeah, I think definitely hiring is incredibly important, especially as you want to grow really quickly. But then hiring in line with those values. So um, I think really one of the most interesting part of my job, actually, and part I enjoy most is actually it's like interviewing kind of candidates and really asking them how would you define you know the values we have we have three values here which are kindness authenticity and creativity and asking people how to you know define kindness like a to yourself and also to other people in a work setting i think is really interesting so that's a huge part of like uh, in terms of like you know, managing our culture like um yeah interviewing against those um and then making sure that we we pick the right people obviously skills and experience is really really important as well um, but also, the, I mean, that's the way I kind of see it as like two parts. It's like the head and the heart. So you've got the head, which might be like the skills, experience, the stuff you can really bring, you know, in terms of, you know, really pushing the, the project forwards. But the heart comes down to understanding our values, understanding our vision and our mission and really wanting to be part of that. And, you know, because it's, it's a big, big vision. And like we've all got to kind of, you know, do it together in the same boat, really. So, um, yeah, I definitely agree that hiring is, yeah, a huge, huge part of that. And I think hiring two values um if your company has clear values is um yeah a really important part of that wow that is really awesome and that makes so much sense every company that i have ever worked for it seems like the only questions that they ever ask me during the interview process in terms of my quote-unquote culture or, or heart related questions are just like yeah. Would you be willing to run through a brick wall for this company? Would you be willing to wake up at midnight for an emergency call, you know, and like yeah. things like that? And it's like, well, that's one thing that you might want in an employee. Um, yeah. Sure. But there's so much more that you should want and care yeah. about that, like you said, I guess, are more heart related that ultimately um, might make you a productive employee. Yeah, like running through brick walls. Like, were you interviewing for Iron Man or something? <laughs> no, man, I wish. That would have been awesome. Sounds, that sounds tough, but yeah, good to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, of course, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely hiring in line with our values is really important. <laughs> so, all right. So now, assuming that we've hired a bunch of good people, what is it that causes workplace culture to suffer after you've hired a great team? Because I'm sure there's a lot of companies that feel like they hire a great team, especially on, say, like the startup front, you know, like, OK, we got the six of us. We're doing good. All right. Now we got like we got four more new hires. We got 10 of us. We're doing good. All of a sudden, like two years later, they look back and it's kind of like, wait, what are our values again? And, and what's going yeah. on? You know, and and the culture just really starts to suffer. So what exactly makes the culture start to suffer? Yeah. So I think growing really fast can definitely cause that. And like, 
um, communication kind of breaking down between teams and then teams becoming siloed and, you know, not talking to each other as much as they should or not sharing as much information as they should or, you know, that kind of stuff. I think, you know, to be honest, like we have grown very quickly here as a business, which is great. But like at the same time, communication hasn't always been the best thing. And I, I, I know that's a very common thing for many fast growing companies. So th- there is that. And kind of last year when I took on this job, job as, as culture manager we did start growing really quickly and you know it came to to me to like really look at our values and make sure we're living them but also like i really was interested in the data around um uh, the, the the team and you know, how they're feeling and that kind of stuff and i, I did a bit of research on this because like when i started off like I, I was looking and asking around people you know in terms of like how does it work surveys or you know how often as a team are you or have you been asked in your previous workplaces like how you're doing or what's working or what's broken and this kind of stuff and some people say you know even for quite progressive new companies people might say once a year or you know sometimes our manager might come and check in with us and and ask you know what's going on and how can we make this you know company better and stuff and to me that seems a bit crazy you know, once a year checking in you know, with a team of potentially 80, 100, 150 bigger whatever people. It's like, wow, like that to me seems like it needs to be improved a lot. So a big part of my job then was around really looking at kind of data and surveys. So here, like a big part of my job is I kind of head up our people data, I guess, which I think is really interesting in terms of sending out questionnaires. So every quarter, I'll send out this 40-item questionnaire to our whole team um, for anyone that's been here for more than a month. And this questionnaire is a, it's a quantitative questionnaire, and it basically asks um, these questions around a, a range of things from how you're feeling, um, you're getting feedback, um, how your relationship with your manager is, how your physical environment is, how healthy, how ha- happy you're feeling. And we have this kind of data set every single quarter. We've gone back for the past about two and a half years now. Um, we have all this data, which I kind of, I'll sit through and I'll go through the data and I'll look at themes and I'll kind of sit down with all of the managers um, all of our VPs, our co-founders, our CEO every quarter. And we say, look, you know, these areas are, are changing. These are areas which might be always really, really high or these areas which we, we need to get up and stuff. And to me, data is a huge part of that and really kind of listening to to our team. And again, that kind of really overlaps with our, our value of kindness. You know, I kind of see myself as this, this pair of ears, really, uh, in terms of you know, floating around the office. I don't really have a desk here. I'll kind of usually float around, usually in the kitchen, actually, by the tea machine. Um, and like, I'll kind of float around and, you know, always getting little bits of data. And then with this survey, I'll then kind of back that up with a, with an interview. So I'll go around the team and I might speak to 15, kind of 20 members of the team. And I'll do these kind of deep dive interviews, which then gets more information around the numbers. Um, and then that to me is like my philosophy and culture and change is always kind of making little changes you know i think it's quite scary to think of organizational change in terms of making big kind of sudden shifts and things and of course that sometimes has to ca- happen if you might have a new leadership or something but to me i'm always interested in making little little shifts here and there so i hear a bit of feedback i might then go and tell you know the manager involved and saying that like, this is this is something which is coming up in that team we'd be aware of this and making little changes and to me like that continuous kind of that change and that philosophy around change i think is really interesting so of course, as you grow really quickly, like issues do come up and things don't always work as smooth as you'd like them. And that's just part of growing really quickly, I think, in particular. But to me, the remedy of that is really just getting data, always listening, always learning and kind of always yeah, feeding back into the company. So being someone that's going through it right now and has been going through it, do you think a company can can maintain a great culture with scale as they're growing? I do. Yeah, I am. Um, 
I, I do. I think it does come down to data, really, and always just learning. Um, and of course, you do go through roadblocks and that kind of stuff, and there are hiccups along the way. But I think that data then really builds a, like a culture of openness. And if people can come to you and say, you know, as we're growing, this this is happening, or I'm seeing this change, and you know, you have you have a culture that's built on that kind of dialogue of data and learning and listening, then to me, that then means people come to me more openly or come to our management team and say, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll flag things quickly. And I think that is really important as, as we grow. Interesting. Interesting. So let's talk about the culture that you're trying to instill in the company. Um, what makes for good culture? And also, how do you know that what you consider to be good culture is is good culture and what is right for the company? Because I guess, again, to the Japan example or, or any sort of societal example, what's great for one society is not great for another society. You know, and we can sit here and say, um, you know, this is this means great culture. And then you go and you visit somewhere in Africa or Asia and they're just look at you cross-eyed like you have to be kidding me. That's terrible culture, you know. Yeah. So yeah. what makes for good culture to you? And then how do you even know that that's correct? Yeah, sure. So again, it comes back to our values, which our co-founders have kind of come up with. And, you know, our vision is to improve the health and in the world. And everything feeds back into those three values, you know, kindness in terms of building a workplace in which people can be um, kind to each other and we're kind to our users. Um, that's that's really important. That feels right. You know, one way of seeing it is that, you know, our vision is to improve the health and happiness of the world. But how would we kind of cultivate this healthy, happy workplace? And kindness and friendliness is a, is a huge part of that. Um, so yeah, that, that that feels right. And we get feedback, a lot of feedback around, you know, how friendly and kind it feels to work here. And, you know, sometimes I'll go around and if someone's making a cup of tea, I might kind of tap on their shoulder and say, out of interest, you know, how do you, how do you define our culture in three words? And, you know, the word friendly comes up a lot. And that, and that feels good. Like, definitely, you know, I don't think you can argue against building a, a kind place to work. Yeah, no one's going to argue against friendly. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that that one's pretty good. Um, and then like the other two values, like authenticity. So we really want to kind of build this open, honest place to work. You know, the idea of people coming to work and they can't completely be themselves. Of course, you know, you have to bring one version of yourself to work. It might be different to your home self, but as much as possible, we want people to kind of be open and honest in terms of how we communicate here. And that transparency kind of between all all, all levels of the organization as much as possible. Again, like, I think that's really, really important. I think the whole idea of like the corporate workplace and everyone being shoved away in boxes and, um, you know, cubicles and offices and like a huge part of our, our office design here actually is, is around, is, is built around that. And, you know, it's a, a kind of a separate issue in terms of the, the work environment we've built here, but it's very open. So we have our, our co-founders and our, our CEO all in the same office space and anyone um, from the company can go and you know go and tap on their shoulder and, and, and talk to them if they want to so building that place to uh, work again like i think that's really really important and um yeah and then there's that and then there's also creativity which is another one of our values but i think building a creative workplace in which we're kind of applying this like flexible approach to problem solving um but also building a, a work environment which is based on play and stuff and you know i think in terms of work culture you know if you're spending eight or nine hours a day in an office um that it's really important to look at work environment in particular around collaboration and movement and um yeah not kind of closing people off too much so like 
kind of like to summarize like those three values and how that ties into our vision um and this ultimately this mission uh, which is our, our company mission is to build this comprehensive guide to health and happiness um so i think when those things come together um that definitely feels right in terms of living by those those three values and i think when it comes to values also like less is also more i think um yeah over the time we've kind of looked at values and right now like the three we have kind of inform you know so many areas of the business it's uh yeah, that's really important to kind of live by, I think. That's awesome, man. How do you know if you're doing a good job on these things and if they're working out well? I, I would imagine that there's a little bit of a bias on your, you know, like you look at you look at the company through rose-colored glasses because you're focused on all of these positive, great things about the company. Um, yeah. How do you try to really keep track of if you're doing a good job and if things are working or not? Yeah, so again, it comes down to asking people really and like, um, I send out quite a few surveys. I, I don't want to send so many out that I kind of start annoying people. But like, yeah, we're pretty good at sending out very short kind of questionnaires after we do various things. So for example, last week we did this. It's our first thing we did. It's called a, a fireside chat. It was the first time we'd done it. And basically the whole team came together. Um, there was about 100, 100 people in the team. They came together in our uh, our office. And basically they could ask any question to our to our VPs and our management team. And we allowed some people to send questions in before. But also in this session, people were really open with doing that. And this is the first time we've done that. And to kind of foster and build that culture of openness and authenticity, that was one way we wanted to do it. Were you surprised by any of the questions that came up? Yeah, some questions were were really open. Um, And yeah, it was was great around kind of how we're hiring and that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, it was a really, really good session. But afterwards, I sent around a, a little questionnaire and ask you know how was it and that question is anonymous and a lot of our questionnaires here are anonymous and i think it does kind of foster some openness and yeah the feedback was really good and so i do a lot around really asking the team and people come to me and um tell me you know if things are working or not as well and obviously not everyone's going to be completely open all the time but i think giving kind of the the avenues for people to allow to ask questions i think is is really important i think we're pretty good at that here yeah, for sure. It sounds like it. I mean, you're such like a, a good looking, charming guy with this uh, <laughs> British accent. I could I could see people like being afraid to give you their honest, true answers. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, anything happens over a cup of tea. So <laughs> uh, that, that definitely helps. That lot. is what they always <laughs> say. Um, <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right, man. So um, do you think that your job is made easier by the fact that you work for headspace i would have to assume that most of the employees at your office are using your product and i know personally when i am meditating and usually i will use an app like headspace or calm or um yeah i mean those are pretty much actually the only two that i use and i love them both but whenever i am regularly meditating my i'm just a better person through and through you know um do you think that your job is easier because you work for a company that focuses on meditation yeah so I think to start, like our co-founders have always put a lot of value on the health and happiness and the wellness of the team, which is great. And obviously, yeah, we have this fantastic product. And like, it's a funny question. Sometimes, you know, when people start here or people ask me about their job, it's like, does everyone have to meditate at work? Do you guys meditate, you know, every day and stuff? And like, the honest answer is that like, we're never going to force anyone to meditate here. Everyone has their own practice. People have their own practice and that's great. But like my job comes down to really building that environment in which people feel like they can meditate at work. So like to me, that comes down to having 
well, every day we uh, we have two kind of group sessions, one at 10 a.m. and one at 3 p.m. Um, when people can come together and we kind of will block out an open space here. And yeah, the team will come together and we'll play the app through a loudspeaker. We'll play new content. I think last week we played some of our kids' content, which released a few weeks ago, which is, a few weeks ago, which is really exciting. So yeah, that, that that's great. And like, so it's great that the the office and the culture and our co-founders and leaders kind of can really kind of block out space for that in the office and for for the team to kind of yeah use the product and you know I think we believe that everyone here can benefit from using our product you know whether that's obviously in terms of self awareness but also in terms of understanding the tone we use with our users and the and kind of the the pack and the content we're putting out there that's really important but also understanding that like everyone might have their own meditation practice and not everyone wants to meditate in a group. Um, so we have like these meditation pods throughout our space. We have five meditation pods. Um, they look like big kind of wooden caves and people can kind of jump in there and do their own thing. And there's like an iPad in each one. You can do a two or three minute meditation or you can, you can take your phone in and do your own thing, which is great. So I think, yeah, in terms of working for Headspace and them kind of building this space, which is built around meditation and our product and to allow users to go and find space to do it, I think is definitely, it's brilliant. And like, yeah, we, we believe everyone here can benefit from understanding our products more, um, which is great. And yeah, so every day we'll, we'll do these kind of group meditations and we might do a, a very simple kind of take 10, which is our, like our 10 minute guided uh, meditation. We might go and do stuff on patience, which is our new pack um and that kind of stuff or it might be a sleep thing or it might be a, a mindful eating exercise a few weeks ago we did a, a mindful eating exercise with chocolate which didn't last very long um because the chocolate <laughs> melted everywhere um but yeah it was a really fun way of kind of obviously applying meditation and mindfulness um and stuff so yeah i think kind of being varied in the content we offer and people kind of getting a different um, experience of our of our product is is really important. So definitely it comes from the team, it comes from the co-founders always placing a lot of emphasis. I remember when we were tiny in London, like we were five, six people, like in our calendars we'd have blocked out, you know, take ten, you know, every day. Um and just to take ten minutes out and 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 do a short meditation. And like, you know, that's where we've come from and and that's brilliant. We've always had that opportunity and now we have that environment to do it, which yeah, is is brilliant. It's really great and helpful to have that as this kind of mandated almost part of your of your day for everyone there. And I and it's and it's not, but it's um the fact that it's so ever present is, is really important and nice because um, I know for me, and I'm sure for anyone in the world, um, when you when you get going with your day, it, there's it, it's always like okay, like I'm I'm gonna meditate a little bit later, but I just got to check off these couple things from my list, you know. Yeah. And that's just yeah. this never ending chasing your tail thing of like oh, just one more thing, just one more thing. And like when you feel productive, you want to keep on doing things that are productive, and meditation sounds like the or, or you know plays a trick on your mind of, of making you think that it's the antithesis of that like oh meditation is not going to be productive at all i you know yeah. and that those 10 minutes i'm meditating i could have done something you know 10 minutes worth of work and yet yeah. there is nothing more that has like a greater law of returns or like compounding interest if you will than than meditation does for 10 minutes at any point through your day it just takes yeah. a, a phenomenal amount of of discipline to um, remember that and to force yourself yeah. to do it and, and being in, uh, a, in a work environment where it's emphasized has got to be great. 
Yeah, that's brilliant. And like, definitely, it's great to hear. And like, the way we've kind of seen it here is like, 10 minutes is like 1% of your day, but at the same time, that could easily affect the 99% of your day. And yeah, there are so many benefits of it, particularly in work setting um, around how we communicate as a team, how we, you know, look at wellness and health and that kind of stuff. Um, and even like on a simple level, you know, the team coming together twice a day, um, which is always optional. But like, of course, when, when you have a team which is going very quickly and you have new faces in here most weeks, like that chance for people to come together at 10 a.m. or 3 p.m. and just kind of, you know, meet new people and then meditate together is in itself just like really great. Um, so, yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's cool, man. I will uh, I will have to stop by the next time I'm in Los Angeles. It sounds, uh, it sounds like a great spot. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll brew the kettle for you. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, all right. So what do you think has been the most impactful thing that you have done in your time at Headspace? Yeah. So it's a really good question. I was thinking about it earlier because yeah, over almost well, over four years, there have been lots of little things. And um, I think, you know, I was one of our first customer service kind of um, agents, um, which was yeah, really exciting. I think I kind of did quite a lot in terms of helping build that out and the team and stuff. Um, but I think in terms of culture, like definitely the, the stuff around data and really kind of building a culture in which we kind of listen to our team, that's been a big thing. And people kind of expect now every quarter for this, this survey to go out and, you know, we get a really good response rate. Like last time we got a 92% response rate from our team to do it. So I think I've kind of really helped build a culture around data and around learning and continual change, which I'm, yeah, which I'm really proud of. Um, and then the team kind of know to expect it and, you know, they know that I'll kind of take that data and kind of feed that into a management team and then we'll, we'll listen and learn. And then also I feed it back to our team as well. And I'll share the, the results every quarter with our team, um, which I think in itself opens that kind of culture of, or builds that culture of openness. So I think, yeah, I, I'm in particularly proud of that. Um, yeah, in terms of that, that data side of things and also, yeah, really kind of making sure that we have this environment around meditation and stuff. And that's definitely a team effort. You know, every day I wish I could be there at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. to do a meditation of the team. But, you know, if I can't make it, there's always someone that is around to help lead it, which is which is great. And that helps the team kind of meet new faces and stuff as well. Um, so, yeah, those are definitely the main things. Um, yeah. Also, last year I kind of started a, for our holiday party. Um, we had a lip sync competition. Uh, which I'm pretty proud of. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was definitely one of the most fired up times I've seen the team. Um, each basically each team had a uh, had an act, and yeah, it was a it was a fun night. Um, slightly scary, but what did your team sing? Um, so um, not my choice, but um, my team we did the Spice Girls wannabe. Um, oh, which... good choice! I can't believe you tried to shy away from that choice. That is a great choice. <laughs> I was, my hands were tied. I had, I had no choice. But um, yeah, and of course that involved me putting a wig on and a maxi dress and a, um, a feather boa, um, which, yeah, definitely I suit. Um, really, really brought out my eyes. Um, <laughs> was there a lot of British pop because you guys are from London? <laughs> there was the, um, the Spice Girls and there was Pulp. I think that was it. Uh, um, there was a bit of Sun 41 as well and Beyonce. Um, so yeah, a real, a real mix of yeah. talent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we'll be doing that again this year. And um, I think already the competition has started holding up and people are kind of putting their names forward for it. So um, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that was pretty fun. Yeah, that sounds good, man. Has there, on the flip side of that, has there ever, ever been anything that you worked on that you thought like, ah, this is just going to be this awesome thing. And then it just like completely fell on its face and it didn't really work out very well. 
So I think it's just one part of growing really quickly and having loads of new faces come in and, of course, new ideas and yeah, new skills and expertise come in. Um, is that sometimes things just do get left behind. So I can't think of too many kind of examples, but of course there are little things. Um, I think a couple of years ago, I tried to start like morning raves. So basically I asked the team to come in at kind of 8 a.m. and would have like a little morning rave. I cannot believe that didn't work out. I've gone through one of these before and it's like the greatest thing on the face of the planet. <laughs> yeah, there are quite a few Daybreaker fans here. I think Daybreaker, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's like an early yeah, morning totally. rave. And yeah, my version ended up being about four people in a small <laughs> office with a smoke machine, I, I must add, and some cliff bars. Um, and smoothies and um yeah it lasted about two tunes and then um that didn't really work out so um yeah that, that was a shame i think to date that's my my biggest failure um but hey i'm i'm gonna bring it back in 2017 so so watch out team all right good yeah <laughs> i mean that sounds like your your co-workers failed at that one not you i mean i can't believe people did not show up to dance that <laughs> is awesome especially you had the spoke machine and everything I know. Maybe we're not morning people. Maybe I should start doing it in the evenings. We'll yeah. see. But well, that's um, what's so great about <laughs> dancing in the morning. Like, there's no greater exercise that you can possibly do. And, you know, in general, exercise releases endorphins and stuff like that. But dancing yeah. is like on another level. You know, it just makes you feel so good. And then you start your day, and you're just like, man, I wish I could feel this good every day when I started my day. And, yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, I know. So yeah, we'll see. But um, yeah, hopefully it'll come back. All right, man. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about you a little bit. So you've been yeah. with the company for four years. What path did you take to becoming the culture manager? Um, I imagine when you started, there were not very many employees. Were you hired on right away as a culture manager and how'd all that shift? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess my journey, like, so I've got this background in psychology and like I did this master's in business psychology. I guess like academically, I was always quite interested in work and like wellness and the environment and stress and stuff like that at, at work. And yeah, that's my biggest kind of like academic interest, I guess. And I joined Headspace just over four years ago in London. And like back then we were a really small team. It was the co-founders and um, yeah, just a handful of us really. And really exciting. We were in this tiny little room in london and you know when it rained which it does quite a lot in in london um the ceiling with the kind of leak um and that kind of stuff it was really really exciting but like really scrappy and and exciting and i started off as like our, our first customer service um agent basically and then kind of grew that team to about eight or nine people in london and in la and then i moved with the co-founders the co-founders moved over here in march 2013 um, I remember one day in London, kind of, I was walking back from lunch with Rich, who's one of our co-founders, and like it was, it was really cold and it was snowing. And he kind of asked me, you know, he said like, "Tom, we're moving to LA. Like, you know, do you want to come?" And like to me, that was a no-brainer. I was like, "Yes, okay, here we go." <laughs> Super, really, really exciting. You know, not just the snow put me off, but like I was like, "Wow, this is this is going to be something really big." So like I said yes, and a few months later, that was it. Moved over to to LA, and I was still doing the customer service stuff. Um, and I did a bit of our kind of our science and our sales and our marketing type of stuff back then as well, which was really really great experience. And like I think one of the best things about being a startup, is, you know, if you're really close to the co-founders, like you kind of you very quickly learn a lot about the brand um, and that kind of feel, and that kind of informs a lot of around how. I kind of managed our team, our customer service team, um, in terms of like our values and how we want to be as a company. And then last year, beginning of 2015, like we started growing really, really quickly. And we got like, 
you know, expert to come in and take over the customer service stuff, which is, which is brilliant. And I took on this, this role as culture manager, um, which basically, again, like kind of obviously rotates a lot around our values and around data. And, you know, as the team grow, ensuring that they understand the, the vision of the company, the mission, the values, they're onboarded correctly. Um, and yeah, you know, they're kind of part of that, that the company in terms of being an environment based on meditation and that kind of stuff. So that is quickly kind of ramped up and yeah, that, that's been it ever since really. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of still really involved in terms of the hiring and the onboarding piece. And yeah, the team is still growing so quickly and like seeing new faces come in every kind of week now which is amazing and hearing about their stories and where they're coming from and what they're most excited about in terms of you know contributing towards headspace and that kind of stuff as well as kind of asking all the funny questions around you know how it was back in the day and like you know about making tea and the tea rounds and the, the partnerships we used to do and you know the kind of the startup life and, and stuff like that and hit, like people having an interest in that um again is is really really exciting um so yeah it's been it's been an amazing journey like not only kind of gaining great experience across loads of different areas of the business which i think in terms of understanding the culture i think is really really important um understanding obviously the brand and how we talk to our team and our users and and that kind of stuff and seeing the history change um but also of course moving from london to la you know is has been a amazing change definitely the weather's better um that's one of the biggest biggest differences but like that in itself is was kind of a dream of mine since i was a kid um so yeah that 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 itself is amazing so it's been a it's been a really fun trip (laughs) it's so cool that you work for such a forward-thinking company um and that this is what your role has kind of morphed into it's this thing that uh a role that i imagine 99 percent of companies out there do not have and Mm. i feel like is probably the greatest roi role out of anyone at any company like i can't imagine someone that is actually helping the company more than someone like you um there as most people at any company know like the greatest cost that companies have to go through is when someone leaves in like that time of like lost um productivity and then having to hire someone on and onboard them and get them up to speed and all that kind of stuff and if you have people that are not leaving in the first place and then in general are just more happy day to day um, and that feel better about the company that they're working for. Um, thanks to someone like you, they're just going to be more productive. You know, it's like it's uh, I feel like maybe it's a, the type of role that a lot of old school companies might kind of mock or like, you know, think is silly. But to me, yeah. there is nothing more um, important than, than like the role that you have. Yeah, cool. Thanks, man. That's that's very kind and, and, and great to hear. And yeah, no, I, I I do kind of completely agree with you, and I think like even simple things like building a, a relaxed, playful culture, which yeah we strive to do, and bringing people together, and people kind of having friends at work as well is, I think, really interesting and kind of definitely important. The, the way I see it is like if everyone can you know, hopefully look forward to coming to work and be themselves and kind of have good friends at work and we build a culture where people can come together whether that's through kind of meditating together or whether that's kind of social events to me then like our, our, our three values kind of stem from that i see kind of friendliness as a as a route really um and then of course the kindness you know you know, obviously be more kind and then hopefully authentic like you can be your you can be yourself more if you have good friends at work and then creativity which is our third value um 
comes down to really hopefully you can you know if you have good friends at work and you can be yourself and you're being treated kindly then that then puts you hopefully in a better kind of situation and environment to be creative and to share ideas and learn from other people and stuff so to me like yeah that's that's kind of the best part of my job really and yeah that's really great to hear thanks thanks man for that yeah, comment definitely dude all right let's uh let's finish this thing up tom so what yeah. would be your number one recommendation that you would give to employees and employers out there that are seeking a change for their workspace culture. Yeah, so I think for employers, like definitely having a really good definition of your mission and your values. Like, I think since you know, if, if you're a really small project, like defining those values, what's really important to you as you scale, what kind of behaviors you want to see um, in, in your business or your company to kind of help you scale and you know whether you're five people you're 500 the kind of things you really want to see in your company which are really important um to that it's definitely definitely a big thing to make sure that the first step is to kind of define those values and then second i think as you grow and this can never happen early enough is to really get open around data really ask people what's going on really cultivate that that environment and that, and that culture of openness and people can come to you whether you know at any level you're at and they can raise things with that um, and raise concerns or questions or ideas or whatever. So definitely, like, yeah, getting that data and kind of identifying hotspots and always being open around getting and feeding that back to your team. And then, like, I think finally, I think hiring definitely. So, like, as you grow, hiring in line with those values is is a really important part to that. So once you define them, like, really making sure that the people you know you you have in your business like align with line, align with those and also kind of yeah, are going to get behind your your mission and your vision um, and kind of help cultivate that and help inspire people in your business um, and that kind of stuff. Um, and then on a different, like a day-to-day level, I guess, like cultivating the things. So like getting leaders behind the change and getting leaders behind your values and making sure that that's always open and lived, I think is really important. But yeah, I think to me, it really does stem from those values. And, you know, of course, if you can help, <laughs> you can have someone in your in your business that can help cultivate those and kind of keep a tab on it i think that's really important because i mean culture does change you know we've seen we've seen changes over the years of course moving from the uk to the us has been been one change and you know we've worked and we've moved into a different work environment but at the same time making sure that the things which are really important to your business and that you set out early on are kind of lived and understood um, as much as possible that's how i see kind of a sustainable happy culture kind of um, going on. If you're an employee and you're listening to this and you feel like your company's culture sucks, what advice would you give them? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, I definitely think, well, hopefully, you'd have somebody to go and speak to, um, but I may be suggesting things about getting data um, and kind of finding a way of really opening up some doors, I think, around getting data and identifying hotspots and as much as possible. Um, also, one other thing which could be interesting is this idea of like a culture club. So, we have this like little culture club which i kind of pick some people out um across various teams and it changes every quarter but it's about eight or nine people and we'll get together for lunch every quarter and any employee could kind of start this you know and in the world they could say hey i want to just kind of get a get a group of people together and we can go and discuss things maybe you bring some ma- managers into that as well and but you can discuss kind of things which might be working or might not be working 
asking or things you want to change, whether that's the social side of the company or team events or um, around surveys or communication or anything, and just have a very informal kind of setting where people can discuss that. So I think it's kind of this idea of a culture club is getting more and more common and kind of for employees to come together and, you know, in a, in a relaxed kind of open setting and probably, yeah, obviously, of course, making sure that you know people are aware of it in the business and it's not happening kind of behind closed doors it's probably a good idea as well um, <laughs> but like this, this this that kind of stuff i think empowering the team to come together and yeah bring suggestions and ideas i think is a is a really nice one um so yeah yeah good call man and i guess if all else fails they can just apply to work at headspace <laughs> or start a dance party either one <laughs> for sure that is definitely number one just dance a lot I want to make that movement happen. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that one goes. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Uh, Tom, thanks for coming on the show, man. This has been really interesting. We appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for the invite. It's been really fun and uh, definitely it's great to kind of talk this stuff through. And um, yeah, no, thanks again, man. It's been great. Hey, everyone, it's Blake. I hope you all enjoyed the episode with Tom. Just wanted to remind you all that we have the iTunes review contest going on right now. So in order to enter the contest, all you have to do is just leave a review for half hour and turn on iTunes. That would really help support the show. It would really help me out. And it might even really help you out. You might win something really cool because you left a review for the show. So just head on over to iTunes and leave a review for half hour and turn. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>